Opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about anger. And anger is, you know, it's, an, it's a normal reaction when something's wrong, but we have to learn how to use our anger and manage our anger so that we can get what we want, what we need, and peace in our lives and in the, in the lives of our friends and family. So I have this wonderful book that I just got to read today. It's called The Secret Side of Anger. The subtitle is The Quickest and Easiest Guide Ever to Managing Ang- Anger, and it's by Jeanette Pfeiffer, and let me tell you about this wonderful lady who's on the East Coast. Janet Pfeiffer is a motivational and inspirational speaker and an award-winning author, and she's also a seminar leader. As a leader in the field of anger management and conflict resolution, Janet is a New Jersey State Certified in Violence Counseling. And she is a counselor, and she serves as a consultant to such companies as the U.S. Army, the U.S. Postal Service, AT&T, Hoffman LaRoche, United Way, New Jersey, Education Association, and much more. And she's a frequent guest on radio and TV and has recently been a guest on more than 90 radio and TV shows, including CNN, Fox News, Lifetime, The 700 Club, NBC News, CBS News, and many others, so we're really thrilled that she's joining us here at UCI. And she has appeared in more than 50 newspapers and magazines all over the country, including Women's World, Alaska Business Monthly, Fusion Magazine, Dale Carnegie, Pittsburgh Post, and more. And she's a former columnist for The Daily Record. She hosts her own cable TV show, and she's a former co-host of a radio talk show, just like me. She also runs a highly successful Antidote to Anger management support group. And then, of course, I told you about her latest book, which actually is endorsed by Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who, of course, you know I love. And so you can find out more about her at Pfeiffer, that's P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R, powerseminars.com and you can probably get her book at the secret side of anger on amazon.com as well so thank you so much jenna for joining us all the way from the east coast there yes and it's my pleasure mari and you know what just to update my resume a little bit i actually 
have my own radio show. I'm back in the radio business, and my radio show is Anger 911. So if your listeners go to anger911.net, they'll find all the details. Oh, that is really wonderful. So, you know, you're a soul sister in New Jersey, so I appreciate that we're trying to do some good things to heal conflict in our in our society and in our lives. So let's talk about anger. You know, that's, that's an important thing. What is anger? Well, if you look in the dictionary, anger is defined as a feeling of displeasure or discomfort brought about by feelings of helplessness or powerlessness. And I think those last two words are key, is that we become angry when we find ourselves in a situation that we're uncomfortable with but we feel as though we don't have the ability to change it. So we, we have this feeling of being helpless or powerless within that situation. And so in order to regain that sense of being in control, we convert that into anger because, as you know, anger is a very powerful emotion. And it, it energizes us and it gets the attention of those around us. And very often we can accomplish great things with that anger if we know how to channel it properly. Right, because it can motivate us. So, so you know, you talk in your book that anger can be from fear, can be from hurt from the past, all these things that can create anger. And, and it's very important that we, we uh, legitimize ourselves, that if we get angry, there must be some reason for it. We just have to figure out what that reason is and not let our anger rule us, right? Right, and, and that's the key. And you know what, a lot of the things that we get angry and upset about if you look at them, they're, they're really insignificant. And I don't ever tell people not to be angry because that's a personal choice. But if you examine the issue that you're upset about, is it really that important? I mean, I have a gauge that I use, and I, I look at the situation and I say, well, will I even remember this in 10 years? And if the answer is no, then you know what? It's not worth getting angry about. I may still need to address the issue. It may be something that I need to correct, but I don't need to get all upset about it. Exactly. So what are some of the mistakes that people make when they disagree with each other? Well, very often, the number one mistake I think that we make is that when, when we're involved in a disagreement, we automatically think that, well, one person is right and the other person has to be wrong. You know, which really is a misconception. I mean, conflict is simply two forces in opposition. So I may like rainy days, you may like sunny days. It doesn't mean either one of us is right and the other is wrong. It simply means that we have different preferences, we have different ideas or beliefs or ways of doing things. And so we need to let go of that whole issue of right and wrong. In fact, I tell people when, when you get into a conflict, don't even use those two words. Because if I believe that I'm right and I try to convince you that you're wrong, you're immediately going to go on the defensive, and that defeats the the whole purpose of our dialogue. You know, we've already lost because the other person is going to fight for their position, even if at some point they realize that, you know, maybe they, they agree with you or their position was not that valid. So by eliminating that whole idea that somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong and just accepting that, okay, we are two unique individuals with unique ideas or beliefs, and that's okay, then what we can do is we can move forward into negotiating what's the best way of handling this situation and what is going to be an acceptable outcome that both of us will be okay with. 
Exactly. You know, I sit in mediation as the mediator and I have people who are in intense conflict and they tell me each of them, you know, we, we sit there together and they tell me their, their position. And I tell them, you know what, from your perspective, you're a hundred percent right. And then I turn to the other people who are in the conflict and I say, you know what, from your perspective, you're a hundred percent right. So where does that get us? If you're all right. So how do we make this work? How do we make this pain go away? How do we resolve this conflict? Because it, from your perspective, I'm not going to be able to convince anybody that they're wrong. So, so let's let's go from from there. That everybody's right, and now let's problem solve. What can I do to help you to get what you want when I get what I want? And how can I get what I want when with you, you know, giving some suggestions? So. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. We're coming from a, from the same perspective because I would never be able to resolve a dispute if one of them was right and one of them was wrong. Right. And you know what? You, you make a good point, Mari, and that is that, you know, we, we have to look at how do I get my needs met while making sure that you're getting what you need as well. And very often there there's a fear associated with that that, well, if you get what you need, then that, that means that I'm not going to get what I'm looking for. Right. And that doesn't have to be the case. There, there is always a resolution where both parties can walk away feeling somewhat satisfied. You may not get everything that you're looking for, but this is where compromise comes in. I may need to give a little in order that you get something and you need to be willing to do the same thing. And and we each, this is one of the things that I think that's so important about what you were talking about, getting conscious and knowing what you really want. Because if I, if I look at it from what I really want, maybe what I really want is really different from what the other person really wants. So if, if, for example, if my husband and I decide we want to go to a movie and I want to see one and he wants to see another, I might really want to see that movie and he doesn't want to see that movie. But maybe I just want to spend the time with him so I'm willing to see another movie with him because that's more important to me than the actual movie. So you have to really question what it is, the underlying interest that you have, so you know what it is so so that, you know, you can come to some agreement. And, and that's what you talk about in your book, too, is knowing what you want. If you don't know what you want, you won't get it, right? Yeah, of, of course, because you... <laughs> <laughs> Number one, you're not going to put forth the effort to get the end result that you're looking for. But how can you even convey that to the other person if you're not crystal clear? But, you know, we argue so many times over things rather than getting to the heart of the matter. What is the real issue here? You know, you, you give an example of, you know, you and your husband going wanting to go to different movies. And if if he insists that he really wants to go see his movie, that may have nothing at all to do with the fact that it's not it's not a subject that you would enjoy, it might have more to do with the fact that you don't feel that he's showing you respect or that he cares about you getting your needs met. So it's two different things. We argue about things rather than addressing the underlying issue and, and getting to the root of that and healing that. Once we do that, then the, the things, the outer stuff, doesn't matter so much. That's relatively easy to resolve. But a lot of people don't stop to think about what they're arguing about. You know, they don't go back and say, gee, what is it that I really want? They get into their position or they have to be right or, you know, they want to blame or guilt or whatever else. And so they, they're not staying conscious about really where they are. And I think that's the first thing, right, is understanding from where you're coming from first. Oh, yeah. And you know what? We, 
I think we all live um, a very surface, kind of a very shallow life. You know, we, we run around and we do things and we take care of responsibilities, but we don't spend a whole lot of time really getting to know who we are and understanding what's important to us and what our needs are and how we feel about things. And so the least little thing can trigger anger in us, but we really don't take the time to understand where that's really coming from what that anger is there to tell us, and then learning how to heal that. And that's one of the things that I, that I really focus on in The Secret Side of Anger, is helping people to get to the root of it and then heal those issues so that when these conflicts arise, they're, they're not threatening. It's like, okay, well, okay, this is something now that I have to address and deal with, but it's not a big deal. We can, we can work this out. We're both intelligent enough to figure out how to resolve this. Yes, and I love it. You've got this chapter called Your Roots Are Showing. And I thought that was real. I love that. I was laughing and I read that. And then it's all in your head. And yeah, so great. I mean, it's really a great book and you have a lot of cute humor in it. I, I really love it. So, well, thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about um, resolving something with someone who is just plain stubborn or unwilling. That's a tough one. When they'd rather be right than happy, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so one of the things that we need to do is, um, you know, there's an, there's an expression in business that you have to use the WIFM principle, you know, what's in it for me. Right. And you can't sell your product or service unless if the, the person you're trying to sell it to can see that there's value for them. And so we need to apply, you know, a similar strategy when we're trying to resolve a conflict with someone. What's in it for that person? How can they benefit by getting this issue resolved between the two of you? What's in it for them? You know, and, and that's, a, that's a key issue because, again, we go into conflict from a very ego-driven perspective. It's all about me, 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 and I have to protect myself and make sure I'm getting what I want. But if I can show the other person how they will benefit as well from whatever resolution we reach, then it's a lot easier to make headway with them. And, you and a lot of that has to do with... I'm sorry, go oh, no, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's all right. I was okay. going to... Well, a lot of that has to do with building trust. When I'm working with my clients, because I, you know, I, I deal with domestic violence and I, I work with a lot of people who have issues with trust, and they're not going to open up and, and reveal anything about themselves until they are 100% certain that I am a trustworthy person, that, that I will maintain you know, uh, confidentiality, that I will not criticize or judge them. So in trying to heal these issues between us, it's really important to build that trusting relationship, to let the other person know that, hey, you know what, I really care about you. I want you to be okay in this situation. It really matters to me that, that you're going to walk away from this and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied with the outcome. So building that trust and letting that individual know that you have their best interest at heart is, gonna, is going to really um, work so much in your favor as well as theirs. Oh, that's so important. That word trust, without trusting, like you said, they're not going to open up. They're not going to be willing to come to an agreement because they aren't going to trust that that agreement will be enforced. So right. I know I deal with that in mediation all the time. So the, the key for, for me as the mediator to, to let them know that, that they can trust me is really to listen, listening and just making sure that I am able to reflect back what they're saying so they 
they know that I understand them. That's going to be one of the, the key issues for me, at least. Don't you find that listening's a, a critical skill? Yes, listening, and that's something that a lot of us are not very good at, you know. But it's, it's really critical to be a good listener and not just hear the words, but to understand where that person is coming from. I have a technique that I use. It's called heart-brain communication. And very often what happens is when we're dialoguing with somebody, we're pretty much using our ears, our brain, and our mouth. So I hear what you're saying. I'm processing your words. I Intellectually, I understand it. And then I respond verbally. But we lack one critical component, which is the heart segment, which allows us to feel what the other person is saying, to, to be compassionate and empathetic towards them. So even if I don't agree with their position, even if I don't feel the same way that they do, can I empathize with where they're coming from? And once I do that, then my response to them is completely different. I can say, well, you know what, I have a different opinion than you do, but I can see where that really matters to you. I can see it in your eyes. I can hear it in your voice. I know that this is important to you, and you know what, for that reason, I'm going to do everything I can to help you out in this situation. So heart-brain communication, implementing you know, or incorporating compassion and empathy is, is huge because it... Again, it, it lets the other person know that you get it, not just that you hear them intellectually, but that you get it. You fully understand what they're feeling and what their needs are. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, I am with you 100%. And one of the things that I think a lot of people don't know how to do that, one of the things that helps me, and you can kind of share with me what you tell people, but one of the things that I tell people is to consider that their ears are in their heart and to like open their heart, you know, visualize that their heart, their heart is open so that they can receive that at the heart level. And then when they speak to also imagine that their lips are in their heart so that they're speaking from their heart. And because it's so easy to be in our head, especially for, for someone like you, who's a professional or someone like me that, you know, I'm a lawyer and, and you know, you're, you're taught to, to think with your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's something like we have to literally get out of there and and visualize ourselves getting into our heart. So so what do you do to get people to do that? Because it's not an easy thing to do when you're not used to it. Well, no, it's not. And you know what? I feel blessed because I've always been a deeply compassionate person. I think I was born that way, but I also know that my mother really nurtured that in me. So I've always had the ability to feel another person's pain. So I think part of helping others to be able to do that is to ask them to put themselves in the other person's situation. Well, could you imagine for just a moment, you know, uh, getting a letter from the bank stating that they're foreclosing on your home? What would that feel like to you? You have three children. Where, where would you go? What would you tell your children? What would it be like for them? Would you end up in a shelter? Would you end up living in one room? You know, at your mother's house? To try to really get them to, to go through that whole process of envisioning what the other person is going through and what it would feel like if they were going through that as well. And so just a simple exercise like that very often can begin to evoke that sense of compassion in them. Exactly. No, that's terrific. So what about when people are in a disagreement and, you know, one person thinks something one way and one another? So how can they keep that, 
you know, conflict, which isn't necessarily bad because it can be creative, how can they keep that conflict from escalating into hostility? Well, first of all, it's just the attitude that you take when you go into this whole process. You know, I think um, attitude is, is huge in determining the outcome because it really is a combination of, of what you're thinking and feeling. So if I go into this debate and, and I'm already predicting the worst possible outcome, then I'm going in very defensive with a chip on my shoulder. I don't want to have to do this. I'm going to have to fight to get what I want. So, but if I go in with a very positive approach, then at least I'm going to be, um, I think things are going to go a little bit smoother. So I come in with a completely different attitude. It's really important to remain open-minded and fair throughout the entire process and to understand that, you know what, not everything is going to go my way. And if I feel that I'm starting to get frustrated or agitated, there's no reason why this process has to continue at that moment. So in The Secret Side of Anger, I teach a very simple strategy. It's called the SWAT strategy, and SWAT stands for stop, walk, and talk. If I feel myself getting agitated and I think that, that this disagreement or this debate is going to end up into an argument, I need to stop it right at that moment and just say to the other person, you know what, I need to just take a break because I'm finding myself getting a little frustrated and I don't want to say or do anything that's going to make the situation worse. The second step is just to walk away, physically remove myself from that person's presence. If it's for 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour, two days, however long it takes me to calm down and cool off. And then the third step is self-talk. Because what I say to myself during that period of time is either going to allow me to calm down and think things through rationally, or it's going to cause me to become more upset. So if I'm saying things to myself like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy, he's such an idiot, like anybody would know what I'm talking about, he just can't get it, I'm so frustrated, I can't stand him, then I'm causing myself to become more agitated. But if I say things like, all right, this isn't a matter of life or death, you know, eventually we're going to find a way of working it out. You know, he's reasonable, I'm intelligent, you know, uh, somehow we're going to find a way of making this work. Then I'm actually calming myself down. And once I do that, I can go back and I can continue the process. And, you know, if necessary, if you have to repeat that, you know, the stop, walk and talk, do it as often as you have to, sometimes that talk, a portion also involves talking it out with somebody else because I don't always have the answers. You know, I may be so stuck in what I think is the solution that I, I can't seem to move beyond that. So if I talk it out with a neutral third party, the same as you do. I mean, you act as a mediator. So maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to talk it, talk it out with my therapist or a good friend or a family member to gain a new perspective and once I've done that, then I can come back and, and try to continue that process and get the issue resolved. Exactly. Sometimes we'll just take a bathroom break in the middle of yeah. mediation. If things get heated up, we'll take a bathroom break. Or sometimes I ring bells. A couple times we've done some breathing techniques, you know, just something to break that cycle of escalation. So, no, that's great. How about, I just wanted to introduce you again, if you just listened in just now, we're speaking with Janet Pfeiffer. She is the author of The Secret Side of Anger, The Quickest and Easiest Guide to Managing Anger. Now, you have the seven C's for conflict resolution. Can you go through these for a few minutes? Yes, I can. Um, I'll rattle them off, and then I'll take a few minutes to explain each one. 
The seven C's are clock, comedy, uh, I'm sorry, clock, comedy, commitment, communication, concern, compromise, and compliment. And this is what I mean by each one, and I'll go through them rather quickly. Okay. By clock, I mean timing. All right, so when you want to resolve a conflict with an individual, you need to make sure that the timing is right. So, uh, you know, I need to have time to think about what it is I want to accomplish and the best way to do that. And when I approach the other person, I need to ask them if this is a good time for us to talk. Because if it's not, it's going to be a disaster from the get-go. Right. The second C is comedy, and by that I mean humor. Humor can be a great tool for diffusing the tension and the hostility in the situation but you have to be very delicate and careful with how you use that humor. If you're not comfortable, if you're not skilled at it, then don't use it. Yeah. But if you are, it can be a wonderful tool. I use it all the time with my husband. It is highly successful for us. And, and it should never be a, a humor at somebody else's expense. If you want to self-deprecate, people can laugh at that. If you can laugh at yourself, but that's but you're absolutely right. It's, it's great to have some uh, you know, levity to, to break that that tenseness. Yeah, and, and you're right. It can never be used at the other person. You can also make fun of the situation. Right? Right. Sometimes the things that we get upset about are really ridiculous. Uh, the, the, um, the third C is commitment, which is a genuine desire to find a solution that's going to satisfy both parties. So commitment is that force that keeps us going even when we just want to quit and give up. As long as you stick with it, eventually you're going to find a solution that will work for everyone. Yeah, persistence. So, yeah, <laughs> Persistence absolutely. pays off, right? Uh, it <laughs> certainly does. It certainly does. The fourth C is communication. Now, I, I could spend an hour going through some really great communication strategies, but most of us were never really taught effective ways of communicating with each other. I shared with you the technique that I designed called heart-brain communication, which is very similar to what you do with the, you know, put your ears in your heart and put your mouth in your heart. Um, but another one that I would just like to share briefly is that I, it's really important to be honest and truthful when you're communicating, but there are two different ways of doing that. You can be brutally honest or you can be politely honest. So we need to consider the most sensitive way of presenting the truth to the other person. And remember, our, our truth is really opinion or perception most of the time. But we need to be very sensitive with how we word things and the tone in our voice. So I need to learn how to speak without offending, and I need to listen without defending. So speaking in a very truthful but non-offensive way, and then being able to listen to what the other person has to say, listen with an open mind, listen objectively without immediately going into defense mode. You make huge strides. If you can just remember to listen, to speak without offending and listen without defending. Perfect. Okay. And then the fifth C is concern, which is really caring about the well-being of the other person. People want to know that you care about their well-being, that you want things to be okay for them. So right from the get-go, you'll need to let the other person know that even if you don't like them or you don't agree with them, that you really do want them to be happy, that that's a primary goal for you and that you're going to do everything within your power to make sure that that is a reality for them. Right. The sixth C is compromise, which is really the key, which means that I don't get to walk away from this as the winner 
you know, because if I'm the winner, then the other person is the loser. And I can guarantee you that if that's the way it ends, it's not over. It's right. going to come back at some point. The other person's going to bring it up again. You're going to have to go through the whole process. So compromise, find a solution that works for both parties. And remember that there's always more than one solution to every issue. Right. If I don't have the, the answer and the other person doesn't have the answer, then we need to find somebody who does. Okay, and the last one? And the last C is compliment, which simply means thank the other person for spending that time with you and putting forth an effort. You know, we don't thank each other enough and show our appreciation for what people do. It's not easy to go into, you know, a, a conflict resolution situation, let the other person know that, hey, you know what, I really appreciate you taking the time and talking to me about this. Um, you know, I'm sure you had better things to do with your time, so... Thank you so much for being here and working with me on getting this issue resolved. And that's a perfect ending. I want to thank you, Janet, because we are out of time. I want to thank you for this wonderful book, The Secret Side of Anger, and I want to thank you for sharing all these nuggets of wisdom and and great ideas with my audience. And I hope we will talk again soon, and hopefully that we can meet someday. It would be fun. Oh, that would be wonderful. And it's always a pleasure, Mari. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Okay, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Okay. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com and write us an email about what's important to you about conflict healing in the in our society. <laughs> screwed up about conflict healing in your life. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.